Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Because, hey, do you have a website? You you should get a website. Just, just like hurry up and do that. And I can say just hurry up and do that because I have the perfect people for you to partner with on it. Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything you want a website to be to make it great and make it yours. So head to squarespace.com slash cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Support for today's show comes from Fallout 76. Bethesda Game Studios, the award-winning creators of Skyrim and Fallout 4, welcome you to Fallout 76, the online prequel where every surviving human is a real person. Work together or not to survive. Fallout 76 is now available. Buy Xbox One X and get Fallout 76. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam. I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ. And I am also, also astounded by the human brain. Our topic this week is the most ridiculously successful lies and cons of all time. One more time, that's the most ridiculously successful lies and cons of all time. It's pretty self-explanatory and also something we found pretty mind-bending. As you will hear, the three of us on this episode became steeped in the history and the present day of enormous lies that somehow fooled a lot of people, like basically everybody. And up top, we're going to do a lot of grappling with just how that works and how that can be and, and how that can even fool everybody in the world. Very philosophical. And when I say we, this week's we is me plus two returning guests, Danielle Radford and Jenny Jaffe. Uh, you may know Danielle from her stand-up or her work on Screen Junkies or her podcast Tights and Fights, uh, which is about wrestling and so much more. You may know Jenny Jaffe from creating TV shows for IFC, writing TV shows for Nickelodeon, Disney, and more, writing and performing for College Humor. And, and here's a fun thing. On top of being very funny, uh, I think Danielle and Jenny are super perceptive about performative art and about the joys of doing it, you know, from wrestling to kids shows to, to all the rest of comedy. It's all very performative. And so we're really going to dig deep into what could possibly make these con artists tick, because that is what's fun to us. And I think it'll be fun for you, too. So please sit back or lay down uh, like in some sort of brain scanner, because there, there's got to be some lobe of the brain that makes us all want to believe lies, right? Other, other than making no sense, I think my neurological thing makes a lot of sense. Anyhow, here's this episode with Jenny Jaffe and Danielle Radford. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. And so people know your voices. Jenny, speak and say hello. Hi, this is Jenny Jaffe. Here we go. And Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle Radford. And, and we're talking today about cons and lies. Historical ones, relatively modern ones, just a range of them. I feel like I grew up thinking cons only happen in movies and they are the heroes. That was my understanding of mm. tricks and cons. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, they were always like, oh, it's the really hot guy who's a con artist, but he'll love you. 
Wink. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, it's like she's the no, not she's the man. But she's kinda, all that or like because she's the man was also you. a con artist. You're right. Actually, it's always that thing of like at the end they're gonna be like, oh man, I really I had a bet in place to date you, but then I met you, and now nobody even has to pay me. You don't disgust me that much. Like that's all I want. Oh, once we made you take a shower or whatever, <laughs> we took off your glasses. You're so much hotter when you can't see or drive safely. Oh, I was so great when we took you to the Sephora. <laughs> For a store and they changed your face by putting another face on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is like weird. It's like con artists. I mean, even like fairy tales and stuff where it's just like disguising and. Yeah, like, it's deceit based often. It's yeah, really Aladdin. Weird. Aladdin was like oh, yeah. 100% like, I'm a prince and I like your tiger or whatever. Well, we literally read, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, yeah. but we read yeah, something yeah. about a guy who was pretending to be a Saudi prince, I believe. Aladdin is a perfect example of, oh, only in film could somebody pretend to be royal and it just works for a long, long time and they get a bunch of stuff. Uh, but we've got multiple stories here of people pretending <laughs> to be royalty and it just works. Uh, and uh, there's this one guy here. His name is Anthony Gignac. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, this is from a cracked article called Five Over-the-Top Lies That Worked Ridiculously Well by Alex Hanton. And Anthony was in Florida, and he checked into the Grand Bay Hotel as Prince Khalid of the House of Saud. And they immediately let him rack up $27,000 in debt from his hotel room. Well, that's it's amazing. Like the crazy thing I think <laughs> about so many of the things we've read is mm -hmm. that if you lie huge, people will be like, no one would lie about that. Yeah. And then if they think there's a chance you might be telling the truth, it's like, well, I guess the other option is to piss off this person who claims to be the richest person in the world. So <laughs> I guess we'll give him a room and some lobster. Yeah. <laughs> the, the idea of people just giving stuff to you immediately on credit is what's craziest to me. Is yeah. Well, that's like, so I just looked this up. There was that story that went around earlier this year about Anna Delvey. Oh, my God. I was oh. totally. Yes. Thank you for bringing this up because I <laughs> oh, just reread this it. article last night. Um, yeah. She's amazing. So all she did was go around pretending to be like this socialite. My understanding is she never like really said who she was related to or whatever, but she would get into these amazing rooms. She would buy all of the stuff and she would befriend journalists and make Weird. friends with all these famous people and just be around because apparently she was that charming. And then when things would go wrong, she would talk to her buddies and be like, I just need to borrow some money so I can get out of whatever. So she was, you know, take from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And she did that for years. That's, That's like, amazing. The crazy thing is like, people aren't really going to ask questions in like certain circles mm -hmm. about where money's coming from or I mean if you're just claiming this it's like it could be coming from anywhere people know that there might be some kind of illicit source that you don't want to say you could be protecting the identity of a very famous person relative or something and I think people just took her on faith because because yeah. she was living so big and like in these circles and people don't have any reason not to believe her. She's also foreign, so people were like, I guess, like, I don't know who all the famous foreign people are. Yeah, like, like I don't get the sun. <laughs> I don't know who this person is. And so what yeah. would happen is she would invite people on these lavish vacations and these, like, bungalows and these beautiful islands and in remote areas. Oh, wow. And then when the bill came due, she would say, oh, something went wrong with my wire transfer, but I've been <laughs> treating you to these kind of vacations for forever could you please put this on your credit card and then I will pay you back? And so she wound up owing like 
a, a journalist 50 grand? Yeah, something that she crazy. Took from her? Oh, but boy. she was always paying for everything in cash because she was depositing fraudulent checks before they could like figure that out. Oh, that point, was the seed money. And then yeah. from there, wow. Well, also, she was claiming that she was starting some kind of arts institution. Yep. <laughs> so she was getting investors into this sort of fraudulent business. And then wound up doing all these famous people because famous people love art. And so you yeah. get like one or two of them and then they bring their friends along. And this plot involves a number of things that I feel I don't understand very well in a general way, you know, like art institutions. Don't really know what they are. Wire transfers. Don't really know how that works. Totally. Like, uh, uh, I, exotic locations. Only know a few of them. You know, money. It would easily what fool is me. that thing? Yeah. yeah it's that, <laughs> I always really fascinated by the sort of like page six, like world, that sort of like glamorous, like LA has it, but it's very celebrity based, I mm-hmm. think, but and hard like, to get to because hard, it's very gated. Right. And mm. like, but like New York and like London and these cities where there are people who are just socialites and that's their job and they just do appearances and they just sort of yeah. appear at stuff. And so there's this, this group of people where their sort of like actual role is very nebulous. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a DJ. It's like you put together a playlist, but people will pay you $30,000 a night <laughs> to press play on that playlist and then just be there. It's like the club kids, wow. like the party monster sort yeah. of era club kids now. So she just like defrauded all these people and then ended up at Rikers Island where apparently Oh, the hottest parties. Yeah. But she seems really like <laughs> legitimately maintained like I was putting together like she's probably some kind of like sociopath or something cuz Oh, mm-hmm. once she was in jail she wasn't like obviously I did all these schemes. She was just like ah just the wires, you know? They were crossed. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Well, and I do think that that is not for a lot of people on the list that we have because most of them definitely seem like they are straight up con artists. But I think it is for some people they think if they can keep the con going, eventually it will turn a profit and it will no longer be a con. It will be their life. Like that, that fake it right. till you make it That's thing. so smart. That's, I mean, kind of what Donald Trump did. Oh, God. He yeah, keeps he coming did. up on yeah. podcasts and all kinds of topics. And it's because he's wild. And I'm not surprised the socialite layer of society is where a lot of these cons kind of happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like even I remember being astounded to learn that there are restaurants where they don't list the price of each item on the menu. Right. It's just on the menu because they know, like, well, we're sort of above money at this point. Like, you'll just pick the things you want. You can afford them, and it'll be fine. Yeah, and you should definitely know if it involves, like, if it's a dessert that has gold in it, don't eat at that restaurant. It's not no. for us. <laughs> don't eat gold. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's also that thing of the reason you can do it in these like really really upper like one percent circles is that people don't have to be very careful with their money like yeah. if somebody came to one of us and was like hey give me fifty thousand dollars I am sure we would really specifically want to know why yep, where yes. it was going and we'd want to like it like there would just be layers of authentication and like it wouldn't be just like a yeah sure you know what I mean like I think that's but if you're just like used to tossing around that much money on a daily basis then it doesn't you could like the article kept saying like it was all people who could afford to be forgetful about yep. three thousand dollars at a time Oh, with, with Anna Delvey, like her. Yeah. yeah. Cause when, and when she was with journalists, they must be wealthier journalists. No, they weren't. They just thought they were there for the ride oh, until no. that's where it ended. <laughs> and another thing is, is when you're in those big circles, talking about money becomes gauche. Like it's, it's tacky. Yeah. You don't talk about money. And so for someone to ask you for something, which is why an artist collective or an art museum is such a great cover, because that's a way that you can ask people for specific amounts of money without it being tacky. 
because it's toward the arts and right. they need it for some reason. Right. And you're like, if I ask why, I'm, I don't care about the arts probably. Or that thing of you don't want to be the person who doesn't know who the person is. Like, yep. you're like, oh, of course I know them. Or like, I had this weird experience a while ago. I got involved with a production company like when I was in college as like an intern. Mm -hmm. And I started really having questions about where the funding was coming from. And because the movies didn't seem to be getting made Mm. and things didn't really, everybody working there was an intern and like a lot sort of didn't add up. But it was the same thing where like no matter who I brought up, this, the person who was running it would claim to be their best friend or claim like, oh, we know each other well. And then I would say to that person like, oh, this person knows you and nobody ever knew who. There was a movie that was made on just that, Movie 43. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Movie 43 was just made on the premise of these dudes tricked all of these people into being in this terrible sketch movie um, by saying, oh, well, this person's in it and this person's in it and that person's in it and made them feel as though they were uncool to do it. And it wound up getting – I'm literally going to bring up the IMDb because the credits on this are ridiculous. It's the worst movie of all time. Emma Stone, Stephen (laughs) Merchant, Richard Gere, back when he was doing nothing, Leif Shriver, Dennis Quaid, Greg Kinnear, Common, um, who I I like to think he would do better, Seth MacFarlane, Hugh Jackman, Uh, Kate Winslet. Kate yeah, <laughs> um, Holly Berry, like the list. I, I, Naomi Watts. The list just goes Liam and goes Neeson, and goes. I think was in it. Chris Pratt, like all of these people, because like he tricked all of them by saying other amazing people were attached, <laughs> and no one thought to ask. It's so brilliant. And be like, who yeah. is this person? Because it was that idea of like, well, I don't want to be the one who's not cool. It's such a, I want to know who the first star was. They must have felt so silly. Oh, man. <laughs> but they, like, they were on nothing. They also like, just oh, might have boy. just lied about somebody else. Yeah. And people like oh. us hoped people wouldn't double check. Like yeah. the in the article about Anna Delvey, it mentions that she, and this is like the worst person to pretend to be besties with, but she's at some party and she introduces Martin Shkreli as like her best friend. Oh, and boy. he later oh. said to the reporter like, oh, yeah, like we'd met, that was the first time we'd met. I have this podcast with rapper Open Mike Eagle. He's great. He's amazing. We talk wrestling. So for one of his birthday parties, we went to a bar and we just played Connect Four because he's like a Connect Four hustler. And so we get there and there's this gorgeous girl there. She's talking to everyone. She's doing the thing. Everyone is talking like they're friends. And so at the end of the night, I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay the money to like call an Uber, but whatever I will. And she's like, oh, I'll give you a ride back. And it's like she had been ingratiating herself in with the group. And, and was introducing people to each other. People were introducing her to other people. I was like, okay, people know her. I get in the car. She's just an extreme groupie. Whoa. And now I'm terrified. And I'm like, just drop me off at the liquor store here. I'll walk home from here. And she's like, are you sure? And she's asking me all these questions about Mike. Like she found a way to like make it seem like she was a part of our group. And that was a lesson learned for me. That's like a weird thing also. And I am like sure like maybe you guys – I feel like Earwolf is like exactly the level that I'm talking about of like people who people think they know because they're on podcasts or or whatever. But people who aren't like famous enough to have like a protective system around them. Mm-hmm. So it's like very easy to get close to them. And then like there will always be that thing after a show where it's like everyone's going out for a drink. And then there's always like the one person who's like, I'm coming too. And everybody kind of assumes somebody else is vouching for them. Yep. Yeah. And then it's like, oh. Because no one wants to make it weird and be like, who do you know? If you're a generally trusting, kind person, like you don't assume anybody's. 
being right. weird. And normally, if no one's being weird, it wouldn't be a thing. Like, if she would have just been hanging out there and, like, having her experience, it wouldn't have been anything. It was the fact that she was asking me, like, these very scarily probing yeah. questions. Most of that is not information that I have. It's crazy that their goal was just information, which is, like, a level of this kind of con. Like, they just want to get closer, which is very creepy. It's not, I'm not justifying it. But uh, then there's people like Anna Delvey who the goal is money, like your your life savings or whatever. Or, Man, I wish I had no morals. I wish I had no <laughs> morals, and I never had to worry about what my mom might think. Oh, my God. No, I'm so self-conscious about, like— do people hate me all the time? Oh my God, Am I yes. being mean? Right. Oh, if you could it's just, worst. Yeah. If you could just go confidently be like, give me money. I don't oh. even care. Yeah, I when, feel like if we had that confidence, we would have taken this town over by now. Absolutely. Because like, imagine <laughs> those folks, their talent is getting that money, but they don't have anything else to do with it. Can you imagine having talent and that confidence? At the end of the article, too, she was like, a lot of people want this, but not everybody has the talent for it. And it is. It's a talent. Oh, she said that? It, yeah, yeah. She's talented. Oy. It's oh, a skill. It's a learned skill. It seems like. Because yeah. I will crumble under the slightest, like, interrogation. Like, if somebody's <laughs> like, if I tell somebody something and they're immediately like, give me a detail about this. I'm like, no, sorry. I immediately repent. Like, whereas she's just like, yeah, also, here's a bigger lie. And I know this person. And... Also, like when she would say, you know, I know this person or I know that person, if they would dispute it or something, then she would be like, oh, we met here and like they didn't remember or whatever. Whereas like there are people that I actually know that I'm friends with. And if we were in public and I said hi to them and they didn't say hi back, I'd go to the bathroom for 20 minutes. Absolutely. <laughs> like, hey, oh, good to see you. And I walk up to them and they're in a group of people and they cold shouldered me. I would immediately take an Uber home. And, like, eat Apple Jacks, and that would be my weekend. Yeah. Okay, wait, so here's the podcast. It's you and me, and we try and get into, like, very exclusive venues and events and stuff. Like, just, like, right. wearing wires and basically, like, the game isn't whether or not we get in. It's how long can we keep going before, before we, we both are like, down. oh, my God. I, yeah, exactly. Before we both go home and cry for a while. <laughs> I, I imagined you're not with wires, but with enormous microphones oh, and yeah. headphones. Yeah. And, or and, it's, like, Danielle on my shoulders and we're in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh, hello, it is us, a normal person. And they're like, why are you extra tall? We are a model. I mean, I am a model. <laughs> that podcast, it would be pretty functional in that like, sort of like with a lot of these cons, it feels almost like a, a video game or something where there's like levels, they're just moving up. Yeah. Like like this Anthony Gignac guy, it's G-I-G-N-A-C, I don't know if it's pronounced that way, but he initially racks up all that debt at that Florida hotel room pretending to be a Saudi prince. He's arrested for this, brought in, and then he convinces his court-appointed lawyer that, yes, I am a Saudi prince. He succeeds. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah the that's lawyer, the best. The lawyer drives him to an Amex office where he tells them he needs a platinum card and he succeeds, and it has a $200 million credit line. Uh, and he spends as much as he can on it the entire day before he's then finally caught. It's crazy. Like it, it's, it's like he kept beating bosses. When I was reading all these, I was like, I don't understand what they think the end game is. And I think Danielle's totally right. I think the idea is like, yeah. if I keep lying, at some point it will just become true. Yeah. Wow. Or yeah. like it won't be illegal right. anymore because I'll bail myself out. Like, I'll have the money to just bail myself out of anything. Right. Yeah. But they've spent so long working on this one skill that they don't have any of the others that would get them the money. You know, it's oh, like Bobby yeah. Bobby Fisher is great at playing chess, but, like, what else does that dude do? 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. And so they're yeah. playing people chess. And if they ever were to get to a point, because with Anna, like her, her art thing could have worked and it could have been something that was profitable for her. But she has spent so oh, yeah. much of her effort being a con woman right. that like she doesn't know how to do all the other stuff. And it's not like they ever can take a breather to take a class and, like, learn. <laughs> right, because they were being kind of not human to get there, and then they can't turn it off and be like, ah, well, now I'll be human and watch the sunset and yeah. uh, chill at a cabin or something. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, well, there's definitely, like, an element of just pathological lying where it's, mm -hmm. like, even the details. It's, like, whatever. And, and they love it, obviously. Yeah. I, I mean, she was that. having fun. Like, she was anybody who's pulling off one of these cons. It's, like, got to be somewhat fun in the meantime. All the Oceans movies make it look that way. Yeah, that's it's the entire genre. Yeah, it's crazy because if <laughs> right. I were like one of the people in like an oceans movie, I would just have like anxiety diarrhea the whole time. Like I'm not, <laughs> like I don't understand these people who just have so much chill, and nobody seems to be taking a Xanax or anything. And then they're like, flipping and stuff too. It's crazy. Yeah. Now I'm imagining like it's some studio meeting and they're like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, so yeah, page thirty or so here it says then your character has anxiety diarrhea. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's anxiety diarrhea. Entire, Do you need me to spell that for you? Uh, or? We we were thinking of taking it out of the movie. Is well, it's okay? just a you know, it's a cinema verite. I, okay. Is how I really like. To also, think we of can it. tie that in with like a Pepto Bismol sponsorship. Right. Totally, 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 totally. I love that. Get Pepto on the phone. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Mr. Bismol. <laughs> it's me, your number one customer. <laughs> Have I got a scoop for you? We have one other fake royal thing, and it's from, uh, like, that era. Uh, we've got uh, <laughs> Boris Gasirev, who was a fake Dutch aristocrat, even though he's Russian. And he basically, he would, like, just date heiresses over and over again because they thought he was an aristocrat. And then they took a trip to Andorra, which is a very tiny country between Spain and France that's managed by both countries. And he convinced Andorrans to vote for him to be their king now because they just thought he was an aristocrat. It's amazing. Yeah. You, yeah. Wait, if you if you get voted in, are you still the king? Well, he got he got a twenty three to one vote. So there's some kind of democratic element to this tiny country, but also that's so bizarre. And they voted for him to replace both the joint rule of the president of France and a Spanish bishop who well, run the he, country. Yeah, he went in and he was just like, "Well, I don't understand how this works at all." And they were like, "I trust that man." Yeah, he's saying what we're just thinking. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that I mean that works clearly. <laughs> the the thing about like pretending to be royalty is that those bloodlines are so confusing that because I was reading about the yeah. Romanovs last night, Ooh, and okay. that's a place where there's a ton of con artists because people <laughs> like that family scattered. Nobody really knows who's a descendant of what, and like there was a lot of like cousin marrying and just like people could be descended from anyone. Anyone white can be a Romanov. Absolutely. It's not like the Habsburgs where it's like, no, they have a whole thing. Right, exactly. Like they have a face like, thing that tells you who they are. <laughs> With the Romanovs, it's like, no, like uh, hair dye in a dream. Like just <laughs> If the documentary Anastasia taught us anything. <laughs> wait a second. Why am I not? Wait, I forgot about that element. Why yeah. am I not defrauding people? No. It's hey, the pooping. I am it's a Romanov. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the pooping. It's because, honestly, the lying they I would, I would just be like, right. no, you don't understand. I'm very inbred. I have a weak stomach <laughs> from all the years of aristocratic Russian inbreeding. But yeah, it's like I feel like if you were confident enough about it and you were like, yeah, I'm a royal like of some country, like I wouldn't question that. A lot of the people that we read about were kind of generic looking, if that makes sense. 
Like, right. I, I feel like when I was right. reading about it, I was like, okay, this is just like a white dude who looks like a white dude. Like, I guess I'd believe he was kind of anything. It's not like, it's never like this person who had this distinctive, like, what, like people just didn't have like distinctive things. Like even Anna Delvey, as I was looking at her face, it was kind of disappearing in front of me. Like she just kind of looked like <laughs> she whoever. She could have been any of our college roommate. Exactly. Oh, it she was like, oh no, was. I'll totally get the internet next week. Like, it's fine. I'm sorry. I'm no, I didn't eat your eggs. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, like very. She's very like generic. I think that yeah. was the. We were talking about how he was dating heiresses, and I the Anne Hathaway's yeah, husband. Do you have that oh on here? God. Anne Hathaway's or her ex ex boyfriend yeah. fiance. I'll need to footnote which article, but one of these guys, he basically did a bunch of financial schemes and then was starting to run out of the money. But his end game was to date Anne Hathaway, and he just kind of went ahead and did that. And so he just kept continuing to do more and more sort of pyramid schemes and false. I think the original scheme was built around helping the Vatican sell land. From there, he built up a bunch of money, then was just running out of money. But in the meantime, the whole thing was to date Anne Hathaway, and he succeeded for a chunk of time. You know, I mean, I guess if you're going to try <laughs> to fall in love with an actress, that's better than, like, shooting the president. Yeah, some totally. Done, that's a fair, you know? fair compliment to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess also just like the people he was defrauding were the Vatican, who have some, I think, kind of uh, ill-gotten land. So I don't know if they needed all of it. Yeah, I, I don't like, think it was political. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying. I just am trying to be like, yeah, okay, it wasn't the worst. But it, can you imagine if like, because I think he was arrested like the week after they were supposed to get married or something yeah. crazy like that. She was doing um, what they call, but she was doing like the pole dance. Like I think she was doing a bunch of press for a movie at that time. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my fiance is a conman. Yeah, a conman. <laughs> it's oddly easy for people to just kind of trick their way into celebrity like this. We got another one here about a Brazilian soccer player named Carlos Raposo. His nickname oh, was the Kaiser. This is my favorite one, I think. And he, from 1979 to 1992, played for 10 different professional soccer teams. But he didn't play any games for them because he was not actually any good at soccer or prepared to be a professional soccer player. <laughs> Goals! <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> the story is so fascinating, but I truly don't understand how he pulled it off because yeah. he always was, like, getting injured or sick. or it's like, But at that point, isn't he a liability to bring on to your team? Even your fantasy so. team? Yeah. I follow baseball very closely. And there's a thing with uh, pitchers in particular are very injury prone. And so there are a lot of guys like that who will get signed even though they're an enormous injury risk mm. because, like, if it works out, it works out. And that's the way it is. And then he, I mean, it, this was during the, there was not HD, so he had, like, some blurry video to be like, well, when yes. I do play, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he had literally a blurry VHS of someone else who kind of looked like him doing cool soccer stuff. And then he also was the son of a famous player, but just he would he would have somebody vouch for him to join the team and then pay someone else to injure him, a fake injury. And then he would uh, just spend the season hurt like, ah, what do you do? And just continue to string teams along and get paid by them to do nothing. And then his final team was owned by a gangster. So there was actually danger to his life if he kept the scheme up. And so what he did is he pretended to hear a slur shouted from the crowd and then got in a fight with the crowd and got suspended. And God. that knocked him out of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> He's like the Rockwell of 
Soccer. So Rockwell, it was one of Barry Gordy's kids. He's the one who did that song. Oh. I always feel like somebody's watching oh, me. Yeah. And he I, does the I rap you part. Meant Norman Rockwell. Oh, me too. <laughs> but he, so he did that song. I always feel like somebody's watching me. And yeah. most people don't know that the chorus is not him. It's actually Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, I learned that recently. Really? Because it sounds so much like Michael Jackson. Yeah, but oh, a lot of people just like didn't think that it, they thought that it was him, and that's why he only had like that one hit. But he was like, people I'm going to use. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm a whole world has been opened up to me. This is amazing. <laughs> People also think I thought that was a Michael Jackson song, but nobody ever listed it as like a top Michael Jackson song. Right. So I was always so confused. But it's like that. It definitely sounds like him. And the rapping is the worst. <laughs> it's part. bad. That's because the, yeah. the only part people know is the chorus. Mm-hmm. And and they just decided, like, I will be known for being skilled in this artistic field. And that's it. It's, that's also, it. it's the opposite of imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like I spent so much time <laughs> assuming oh I can't God. actually do the thing that I'm paid to do. And then other people are just like, I'm just not going to do it and say, I'm, say I deserve to get Entitlement syndrome? What do you call that? I want it. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Because, hey, you, you're great. Uh, Not enough people are saying that lately to your face. Like, they're saying it around you or behind your back or to each other. Like, you're great, but you should hear it directly. And guess what? You ought to show that off with a website. Because the whole internet should know people in other states, countries, places, maybe planets. If we're getting the internet out there, I don't really know how the internet works, apparently. But you do, and you should build a website so you're on it. Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world-class designers. You can customize them exactly how you want. Your website will work well on mobile. Also, they have an e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online and then gives you analytics to track how that's going. If you want to build some of your income into being selling things on the internet, that's a great way to do it. You're all set. That way you can build an entire business without a bunch of analytics guys or or other people in ties. Who works at a company? Uh, you probably know. What I know is that Squarespace is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They let you buy your own domain. They let you have 24-7 customer support. So why don't you head to squarespace.com cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch that site, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com cracked. Offer code cracked. The Eero home Wi-Fi system brings you a fast, reliable connection in every room of the house because life is too short for bad Wi-Fi. The second-generation Eero and Eero Beacon allow you to build a Wi-Fi system that's more perfectly tailored to the home than ever before. And when you add Eero Plus, you'll get total network protection with the ability to block malicious and unwanted content across your entire network. Because by checking the sites you visit against a database of millions of known threats, Eero Plus prevents you from accidentally visiting malicious sites without slowing anything down. Eero Plus automatically tags sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you can choose what your kids can and cannot visit right from the Eero app. Doesn't that make parenting easy? Yes, it does. Good. I mainly want to tell you about Eero's ability as a network, because believe it or not, I spend a lot of time on the internet. Like it's my job. Ha 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 ha. No, it is my job. This is very serious. Also, it's not serious. We're having fun. And it is fun to have a a good, clear, easy Wi-Fi connection, especially because I don't know about you, but you might live in a place with walls. And walls really make traditional Wi-Fi difficult if you're between one of those uh, and the router. And uh, Eero lets you sort of network your entire space in a very easy, very intuitive way. And I've enjoyed doing it in my own. And I'm uh, dialing up things faster. Isn't that nice? Isn't that great? 
So get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and a year of Eero Plus by visiting Eero.com slash cracked and entering code cracked at checkout. Alex, how's that spelled? That's E-E-R-O dot com slash cracked and code cracked at checkout. There's also, there's one, uh, and this is a movie now called Can You Ever Forgive Me? It, I haven't seen it because I'm very bad at preparation, but it, it has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it out and, already? Uh, I think it like just came out. Oh, cool. Oh, is uh, that the Melissa McCarthy one? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, it's the true story of a lady named Lee Israel who was struggling as a writer. She wanted to be a famous writer. And then at one point she realized, hey, what if I take a typewriter and just write some fake letters from the playwright Noel Coward and then sell them? Because academics and museums and stuff want them. And she started making a lot of money pretending to be Noel Coward. And then she just kept going and kept writing fake letters from a bunch of other famous people. But, like, how did people think that she had them? I think she she would just, like, do an elaborate story yeah. about, I found it in this shop or something. You know, I don't know what it, I don't, I'm I not think it was. I think like, it was one of those, like, uh, <laughs> antiques roadshow where she would be like, you know, we, we demolished a wall in my house and all these no coward letters were there. Like, oh, that's yeah. literally what she would do is she would talk about how they were in her home and she just kept finding them in her house. And it's like, why does your house have all these weird old letters? I, I forgot Antiques Roadshow is a long-running show of I, probably true stories where people are just like, I found George Washington stuff. And that just like gets broadcast to the country. So we yeah. all probably believe this stuff. Yeah. But that's like crazy. <laughs> the, the thing about the letters thing is like that's especially smart because yeah. I think everybody wants to be like, oh, yeah, like I have read Noel Coward. This looks like Noel Coward to me. Nobody's going to be like, I don't I don't know. Um, I should probably check. We should check. But like, so she was selling them to like the Smithsonian or whatever and just getting. Apparently thousands of dollars over time for them. And then went on to do Dorothy Parker letters, Humphrey Bogart letters. But how would she, but that seems like where (laughs) See, that's where she, she flew too close to the sun, Icarus. Like, calm down. Because I feel like at that point, everybody should be like, hold on a sec. Noel Coward, Dorothy Parker, like all these people just hid some letters in your house and you just found them and it's all in the same font. And right. who lived here? Yeah. What What was right. her excuse for having the other ones? Were they addressed to her? Were they like letters supposedly addressed to her? No, it was just like their old correspondence among other people and she'd just like turn them up in antique shops or, or that kind of thing if it was in the wall or something. And I, I don't know exactly how she pulled off the lie, but it was so successful that she was only caught in 1993 by an FBI sting because she was starting to steal real letters from museums and libraries. And the fake letters con worked fine, and she even got some Noel Coward letters into, like, a collection of Noel Coward's letters by the all-time expert on him. Wow. It's such a scheme. I really like, want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she wrote a hit a memoir about it and finally got to be like a professional writer uh, by just talking about this crazy con she did that was way too successful. I love that so many of these cons just ultimately wind up leading people to being great authors. Yeah, it's probably a really good book. But I feel like <laughs> I got to do some crimes. If I do some crimes, I can get staffed. <laughs> wow, that's a great that's a great way to look at it. But I think the thing is like you have to be such a good writer to be able to pull off a con. But I also think the reverse is true. Like I always think about great mystery writers. And I think that's why people like shows about like the mystery writer like solves crimes. Mm-hmm. Thinking of Castle, I guess there's probably other ones, but it's like to yeah, be able to like murder she wrote, to be able to like yeah. plot out a crime or to be able to plot out a con and like into it you have to be kind of a good like anthropologist you have to be a good writer yeah. like you have to be a good actor 
to me, that's the yeah. part where I think it would all fall apart for me is that I don't think I keep like a straight face. No, there's no way. <laughs> Not while all the anxiety diarrhea is coursing through me. Right. Also, like That's you're why. adorable and you've blushed three times during this podcast over nothing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm Aww. very, very expressive. I feel like that leads to, there's one con on here that is basically a just a gentle artistic act. It's not actually a con. Uh, and it's by J.S.G. Boggs. Uh, and this was an artist. He, he passed away last year. But what he did is he was amazing at drawing. And what he would do is he would draw pictures of money. And the pictures of money were so impressively detailed and accurate that he would, in a, like, art prank stunt way, try to exchange them as legal tender, which is counterfeiting, except he was like telling people, this is my art and I feel Mm. it is worth that. What do you think, fellow person? Let's do a thought experiment about the value of money. Because he was saying he was doing this to like service people at restaurants and stuff. And I feel like that's the wrong person. Like, I think he should do that to like Anna Delvey or something. But doing it to a person who's working a service job and trying to bring home money. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't be mean to service people. It's like money doesn't have a thought experiment (laughs) element to a person who's who's working for tips. Yeah, I always hate when people decide that they want to do these things to people who are just trying to get through their day. Yeah. Oh, Leave yeah. working people alone. Like, don't do your <laughs> pranks. Don't do any of those things. Just, like, let them be. The, the This one in particular has yeah. such a, like, oh, let us think about, is the dollar not also just a small piece of art? And it's yeah. just like, oh, fuck off. Like, I get it. I get it, dude. And I do think it's cool. And I liked his dollars. I thought they, the drawings were cool and stuff. Yeah. But also at that point, you got to be like, no, it's not worth it. Like there's that Strangers <laughs> with Candy episode where I think Joffrey tries to pay for his rent with a really shitty drawing. Yeah. And I was like, that's the thing right. is like art does have value. There's a good conversation. Blah, blah, blah. Like you got to pay rent. I don't, yeah, I don't know. She has to pay. They, they have to pay rent, my dudes. <laughs> like, right, you can't, right. And you can't. And, and not with a song, Roger, from Rent. <laughs> Those, I'm sorry. Every time I watch Rent, I get pissed off. Benny's the only good guy in Rent. He's the only good person in Rent. Yeah. Like, what He's been you- letting his friends <laughs> crash there for free for a long time. And Mark's like the one like guy who's like, it's hard for me. I'm a straight guy without addiction or AIDS. What do I do? All I want to do is make this movie. Yeah, and like the instant he's like, can you just please be adults for like half a second? They're like, Riot! Like, you sold gonna- your soul, man. <laughs> I'm not going to get a job and help my friends play, pay for their AIDS medicine. Yeah. Like, fuck My you. mom's always trying to call me and give me things. Oh, <laughs> they are con artists. There's another, there's a con artist here who uh, abused another major city in the world, uh, the city of Paris. Uh, His name's Count Victor Lustig. And he uh, initially just decided he should sail the world selling fake machines that duplicate $100 bills. And that was his first con. And he was like, this is going great. How do I level up? That's a con within a con. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was like, I'm going to sell you this way of you doing your con. They don't know I'm doing a con. What? What did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Oh, yeah. All the customers wanted to commit counterfeiting crimes. Yeah, so they kind of deserved it. Yeah. And he, he was mostly a counterfeiter, but he also did a thing where in the 1920s, Paris was thinking about taking down the Eiffel Tower and scrapping it. Because not everybody knows the Eiffel Tower was originally a temporary structure. It was for a fair. They were like, we'll do this for a while. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say what that is in French, but I don't know. Uh, uh, L'homme flambe. flambe. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the city's thing about taking it down and scrapping it because it's not meant to last. And that's part of why it's just framework. Like it's not, it's sort of unfinished. 
And so he said, what I'll do is I'll go to Paris. I'll get like the most expensive room in a hotel and look very official and pretend to be the person handing out the contract to scrap the Eiffel Tower. I will, I will bring every scrap dealer in to bid for this thing. And then what he did is he took one of the scrap dealers and convinced them to bribe him to give them the contract and then just ran off with the bribe. <laughs> and then the person couldn't go out to the authorities and say, I tried to bribe cons this guy fair and square. That's, this guy yeah. gets it because he's like, if you trap yep. the other person, yeah. no one can report you. Yeah, That's yeah. the smartest That's con the way you do it. Mm-hmm. It's he's, also he's amazing. Yeah. amazing how many of these cons rest on hotels being trusting mm. and people being <laughs> hotels being so used to like weird people that they'll be like, yeah, just have our biggest room. <laughs> and, and also how many of these, like, if only they had Photoshop back then that could be like, hey, you can't scan a dollar. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> God, I think even MS Paint will be like, yo, that's a dollar. Like, stop. <laughs> a little Bill Gates pops up. Like, yeah. hey, excuse me. <laughs> I, it's a paper clip. It's just like being like, I see you're trying to defraud someone out of money. <laughs> I like that it, it's so polite where it's like, we're sure this is for art purposes, but you're not actually allowed to scan money. Right. <laughs> but don't you understand? The value of the art is equivalent to the value of the dollar. It's just like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's five fifty. Just take it. I do want to get to the dominion of Melchizedek. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Which oh, is... I've been so, sorry. I've been oh. really fascinated by micronations recently. Oh, great! Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, this is like my new. Nobody else take this. I'm dying to write something about this. You can take it. I don't know. I want to watch it. Point. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with the idea of people who basically like the law about having a country is you basically need to own a piece of land that I think has to be. It can't be like part of another country. Like it has to be like right. I own like this like tiny island or I own this like boat or whatever the thing is like you Mm -hmm. own something that is in some way like you can claim it as your own piece of land that is not property of another country and declare yourself the ruler of that country and be illegal like have passports have you will become a legal country effectively I don't think that's what this is even I think this was a totally fake country yeah I know what you mean though but there's like this there's that one that's like what like a scaffolding country essentially yeah just a bunch of scaffolding it's rent it's It's the the show rent is its own country (laughs) (laughs) it's its own country with a very low GDP Um, but the thing about the thing about like these countries so they have this like kind of thing called microcon and it's a hotel uh, convention <laughs> no that's way. basically a UN of countries that are made up of one and two people. I've oh, never been boy. more fascinated by anything. And because also like the audacity. Like who would be like, I should have a country? I, I can't believe they have cons. Like, like I can, think. and I bet they're mostly like them and like people who really want to get rid of some cryptocurrency. There are definitely <laughs> like people who have applied and like joined countries, like and become citizens of these micronations. Yeah, I think there's one called Sealand. That's yeah, that's the one that I was thinking of. Where it's just like a crane or something. It's an old. Uh, it's an old platform in the English Channel, mm-hmm. and they. I think it was to put artillery on in case the Germans came over. And the UK is like it's part of our country, and they're like, no, it's not. And that's just how it's going. <laughs> um, I just no. No one in Sealand has ever thought about what would happen when that thing needs maintenance because it's going to happen. Yeah, but does anyone from, live there? It's like um, one guy's family. Yeah, like one guy's family. I don't even know if they live there, but they own it. But it is like it, it's almost like a, 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 a an aircraft strip, right? Yeah, it's very, it's just like a concrete. It's not like a land, land. But they're de- describing it as territory that is theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So at any moment, you know, rust, any of those things, right? It, it can just. 
Any, any of the things that could bring down a full country's infrastructure. Rust, an aggressive seagull, <laughs> waves. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like the idea that somebody, so somebody made a country basically. Yeah, so this is. To run to a con artist country. This uh, is the movie Hotel Artemis should have been. They called it an ecclesiastical state. It's unclear what religion they were. They said that their territory was a small island that is underwater most of the year. Also, 1,400 square miles of Antarctica and 10% of the world's oceans. They were like, this is our okay, country. Okay, well, now you're just taking everything. This is what right. happens when you don't tell people no. Like, <laughs> and we want 10% of the oceans and this part of Antarctica. Right, right. Like, And the moon. And it's like, <laughs> no, you can't just have the moon. Uh, but they uh, then were, uh, established a bunch of fake banks and uh, scammed over $4 million out of American investors. Then they did a scam where they got $2.5 out of Australians, then another $10 million out of Australians. They sold fake visas to Filipinos who wanted to find a new job there for $3,500. That's uh, the worst. Which is by far the worst. And then, uh, then they were like investigated by the state of California, because I guess some of the banking happened here. And the official president of the country is a guy named Elvira Gamboa, I take that back. Not necessarily a guy. Anyway, Elvira Gamboa said uh, in response to California's investigation, I will do metaphysical battle with you in your dream state. And if you interpret your dreams correctly, you will know that I am the victor. It's the best thing I've ever read in my whole life. <laughs> that is my favorite sentence of all time. That's really good. Also, God damn it, Australia, I expected better from you. Y'all have giant spiders and things that could kill you. You can't. You can't. You live amongst danger. You can't see the danger in this fake country. <laughs> Somebody saying that calmly to you, because I'm kind of picturing, like, you know, the scene in uh, uh, There Will Be Blood where Daniel yeah. Plainview is just like, I will come to where you sleep and I will slit your throat. And the guy's just like, what? <laughs> like someone saying that just like really calmly and in one sentence is the most chilling thing. Because it's like, it's not like yeah. they're, they know it's chilling. They're just like, I will do metaphysical battle with you. It's like, I'm not fucking with this guy. Have your own country. Nope. Please don't be part of my country. <laughs> I will haunt your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> If you interpret your dreams correctly, you will know that I won. I love this character. Yeah. It's just, I don't have tape of him saying it, but that had to be it, right? That had to be the tone. How else do you say that? Yeah. Let's, let's end in space. This is, uh, this is from a cracked article, Five Hilariously Ballsy Cons Pulled Off by Historical Figures by Adam Wares and the crew of Apollo 15. Uh, this was a mission to the moon that went to the moon. They smuggled stamps. Uh, they decided, hey... There, there was a guy who has only been described in the court filings as Siegel. Uh, he said, listen, three crew members of Apollo 15, if you bring stamps up there, then they will gain a bunch of value because they've been to the moon, and then we'll divide them four ways when you're back. And uh, the astronauts did it. They smuggled brilliant. stamps. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, all three of them were banned from space when they when NASA found out. Can you were going back a second time. <laughs> no one goes back to space twice. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the thing about this scheme in particular that it was illegal to bring anything into space with the intention of selling it. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I feel like NASA could just capitalize on that, and they could just NASA could be selling it, and NASA could be funding themselves. I you think, know. I, I, yeah. I feel like NASA is just a bunch of like pure-hearted nerds who are like, space is not for profit; it is for learning. <laughs> Fuck out of here, nerd! I want some moon stamps. <laughs> <laughs> Kick the door open. Look at all these rocks. 
<laughs> I got him from the moon. I love that it adds in guitar. That's very exciting. <laughs> it's oh, it's, it's just a person making guitar sounds with their mouth. That's exactly what I did. Anyway, back in my car, zoom. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think just it, it, it's just a bunch of very kind nerds who are like, I love that, you know, oh, like space is for exploration and it's not for for profit and blah blah blah, you know. And then SpaceX happened when the nerds were like, "Fuck it, I'm selling space." Yeah, <laughs> one of the articles we we looked at was um, about the reason that there's like the I've got a piece of the Brooklyn Bridge to sell you is because yes, people can that. just declare that they own things that people don't own and then I mean truly this is how colonialism works is just that you declare you <laughs> own something that you don't own and you're like want it? Like um and yeah, I feel was, like that's going, space is going to be the yeah, thing for that. And I think that like when we romanticize it, we think of far and away the parts where everyone's parents were running to go get land. Because that movie forgets that there were at one point people on that land. Right. That's how it is now where everyone's just like you can, you know, if you can find a place to plant a flag in space, you can. Well, and from centuries ago to, to the future, I think we'll have cons with us forever, right? It feels, it feels like there will just always be these elaborate lies that work. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are, I, I, and I didn't research it, but I know this to be true. There are people who are selling, like, the opportunity to go to a Mars colony. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Mars 2020 thing was a scam. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's a scam. That's the that to me is yeah. the craziest. Like we haven't <laughs> gone back to the moon in how long? But you were like, yeah, nah, dudes, I'm gonna go to Mars. I mean, I think there's it's just one of these things. Like as long as there are people who are willing to believe things, there will be people who will want to sell them something. Them, yeah. Folks, that is the episode for this week. My thanks to Jenny Jaffe and Danielle Radford for being completely delightful and for bringing so much into this episode. If you'll please direct your attention to our food notes, you will find a range of things all about what we talked about. In particular, an article from thecut.com laying out the entire Anna Delvey story. It is amazing. Just blow by blow. It's crazy. You'll also find Jenny and Danielle's Twitter handles and latest internet comedy ventures and lots of crack material. By the way, the name of the guy who pulled massive white collar fraud just to date Anne Hathaway, uh, his name is Raffaello Folieri, and he uh, was dumped by Miss Hathaway a mere 10 days before he was sent to jail for four and a half years. So uh, so now you know that that was a, a real thing in real life. I feel like almost every week I find myself saying, wow, that is a real thing in real life. And that's one of my favorite things about doing this show. Here's more to know about this show. Our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Devin Bryant and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A useful tool for basically every present-day con artist that we talked about today. They really, they really know how to work it. Pretty impressive. I myself keep it non-fraudulent on my Twitter account. That is at Alex Schmitty. My Instagram is at Alex Schmittstagram. And I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with more Crack Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then.
Support for today's show comes from Fallout 76. Bethesda Game Studios, the award-winning creators of Skyrim and Fallout 4, welcome you to Fallout 76, the online prequel where every surviving human is a real person. Work together or not to survive. Fallout 76 is now available. Buy Xbox One X and get Fallout 76. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.